Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your Fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, again, we want to just thank you so much for joining with us online and watching with us today. We're excited about this message. Um, my wife and I uh, have prepared. Amelie and I have been uh, excited to share with you a message on when things pile up. I wonder, have you ever felt like things are just piling up on you? Uh, like one of the things that Amelie and I have always wanted since we've been married, we've been married for 20 years now, we've always wanted a clean house. But uh, we decided to have kids, and 16 years ago we had kids, so... That, that dream went out the door there. Very <laughs> and you, I married a man. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm messy myself. So <laughs> we've noticed, though, in this quarantine, it has seemed like uh, if you were to go through our house right now, you might think that there was a, a vandal that came through or we were burglarized. Well, because, there were. We have teenagers. Yeah, our, our teenagers do vandalize our house. Uh, it, it's just trashed everywhere. And if you were to look around, you might recognize that like I threw my clothes towards the hamper and missed, or um, like maybe Kayla left out a pop can or our Omelie left out a protein shake or something like that. And, and it's a whole bunch of little things. And then you look around and, and, and we get so frustrated because we're like, oh my gosh, this is a huge mess right now. And I think that the same is true in life where there's a lot of us that right now are looking at our lives and going, oh my gosh, we are in a huge mess right now. And the truth is, it might just be some things piling up. Now, don't get me wrong, I understand that there are many of you listening that you might be facing something very big right now. But for the most part, we're going through quarantine and, and it can feel like things pile up, like Okay, now I'm learning how to homeschool my kids. I've got to right. be a principal, and I've got to be a teacher, and, and I'm trying to figure out all this stuff, and then life starts to hit, and now we're worried about, like, I didn't get as many hours of work last week, and, and what's my paycheck going to be like, and then uh, now we've got to get the kids in for a haircut, and we can't get into the salon, and then there's a flat tire, and it's like one thing after another, and all these things pile up, and you're like, this is a huge mess, and it can start to feel like we've, we've all heard the saying, like another straw on the camel's back, to where all of a sudden you feel like there is such a huge weight on you, and you're like, I, I don't even know why I feel this way. I don't even know why it feels so heavy. So today, we want to speak to you from the subject, when things pile up, because for us to be honest, when things do start piling up in our lives, it can just feel difficult. You know, speaking of difficulty, that reminds me actually of my life verse. One of my favorite verses is found in the book of James, uh, chapter 1. Let me just read it to you. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way. Now pay attention to the word troubles. It didn't say trouble, like one thing. Troubles, multiple things come your way. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. So now we're talking about attitude, having the right attitude in circumstances. For you know that when your faith is tested, 
Your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So when we have a huge mess, things are piling up, things are difficult, we have troubles, James is encouraging us as believers to be able to recognize that there are certain practical things that we need to focus on with our attitude. The first thing is that we're not alone. You are not alone. Yeah, it's true. It may feel like it, especially even in a crowd. You can feel alone. But you know, you might even alone. just type that into the chat right now, that you're not alone. You might tag someone right now because I think a lot alone. of us, we feel that way, but, but we're not. We're not alone. And, and this word that comes up to my mind is feeling overwhelmed. We talk about things piling up and difficulties, this, this feeling, this emotional feeling of being overwhelmed. So, number one, you're not alone. Number two, the goal in life is not to be problem-free. The goal in life is to have the wisdom and direction and insight from God to be able to navigate the problems that we face. Honestly, we'll be disappointed if we try to have a problem-free life, But if we approach life with the understanding that God is going to give us wisdom to go through life and navigate the problems that we have. You know, I think one of the people that we can see in Scripture who navigated problems so well was Paul. Yeah. And um, because Paul recognized the fact that that Jesus never said we wouldn't have problems. What he said is that I'll be with you through those problems. And Paul, um, much like our title would be someone who, it's not like he just faced one big thing or two big things. He had so many different things piling up against him. And in Acts chapter 27, where we're going to pick up today, uh, he's at a point where he's been persecuted. He's been uh, put through trial. He's been beaten. He's been uh, imprisoned. He's been chained. Uh, he finds himself on a boat where, with other prisoners, 276 men that are all uh, being shipped to Rome, that they're going to stand trial before Caesar. So like, like he is in a, a situation where you go, all of these little things feel big, but you put them together and it is a yeah. lot of weight. And in the middle of all this, he, didn't, uh, he wasn't surprised because he recognized God didn't say, you're not going to go through problems. I'm going to be there with yeah, you is what good. God says. So he starts talking to God about all of this. And God starts sharing with Paul, hey, this is not a good time for the boat to go out to sea. Um, you should try to convince them to stop because you're going to have storms and struggles if they go out right now. So he tries that. He tells them, guys, we, we can't go out right now. We can't go to Rome. But he's a prisoner. So they're not going to listen to right, him. Right. You know? So uh, they get on the ship and they start sailing. And they face a massive storm it, to the point to where they were so incredibly afraid for their own lives that they, like, they even stopped eating and stuff. And, and I want to go ahead and pick it up here in verse 21. It says, no one had eaten for a long time. I mean, you've you got to be scared if you're not eating, right? No one eaten, had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, man, you should have listened to me. In the first place, and not left Creed. I love that. You should have listened to me. It's like, uh, uh, don't you love it when you can tell that to someone else? I mean, yeah, I told you so. Yeah, I, yeah. Told, I told I told you, you so. so. But it, none of us want to hear it when it's coming the other way around, right. right? It's one of those statements like, don't tell me I told you so. But but Paul, he's showing he's human, yeah. just like you and I, where, where he's like, I told you so. I told you we were going to run into a mess right now. And it says this man. 
when you should have listened to me in the first place and not loved Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. I love this because he's encouraging them. He's saying, he's going like, like guys, uh, you're not going to lose your life, okay? But, but don't, don't just think I'm being an optimistic. The ship's still going to go down. Things are still bad. Like, you think it's bad? That's no, not that bad. No, it's really bad. Yeah. The ship is going down. So we got to understand there is a difference between just being optimistic, being like, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be good. It's like, you know, God was even speaking to Paul going like, no, no, it's, you're going through a storm right now. Not everything's going to be fine. But here's what we know is you're going to be okay. It's good. We're going to make it. Through. So the ship might not make it through this storm, but, but I'm telling you, we're going to be okay. So he's, he's encouraging these men here, and it says, last night, this, this is how he was able to come with the encouragement. Verse 23, last night, an angel of the God to, to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, don't be afraid, Paul. Man, I, I believe there's someone hearing me right now, hearing my voice, and as you listen to us, you need to know that, that that is a word God would speak to you right now, that you have been in this situation not knowing what tomorrow looks like, not knowing what your job looks like, and when God speaks to Paul in the middle of the storm, the first thing he says, he says, he says don't be afraid, don't be afraid, Paul, you need to hear that today, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar, what's more? God, in his goodness, has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe, God, it will be just as he said, but, this ship, but, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. I love how he keeps bringing it back to like, okay, God's going to take care of us, but this situation is still really bad, right? So they're out in the ocean. He's warning them. Like, we're going to be okay, but it's bad. And for 14 days, the Bible says that, they, uh, that this storm just raged on. Mm -hmm. And during this 14-day period of time, they're like, they're throwing stuff overboard. They're, they're, I'm sure they're fighting with each other, arguing, what decisions should we make? Should we go this way? Should we go that You're way? You're saying that when they were cramped together, they fought? Yeah. Like, could you imagine, what would it be like <laughs> if, if people were put in small, uh, small confined I space together and they're supposed to get along, like not allowed to leave each other's presence? I couldn't imagine anyone fighting. No, it never, not at all. No. Never happened in our house for sure, right? No. <laughs> but 14 days, they, they were in this storm, and it got so bad to where finally we go to verse 30, and it says, Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officers and the soldiers, you, you will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes of the lifeboat and let them drift away. And just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. I love that about Paul. He thinks the way I do. So there's a little stress eating there. It's like, guys, it has been stressful. Anyone want some donuts? <laughs> like, like I, I could eat right now. Are you hungry? I'm hungry. Well, he's hungry. He says, just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You have been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks. Guys, I lose my mind when I haven't eaten for six hours. Yes, yes, yes you do. <laughs> I, I have problems. He said, but please... Eat something now for your own good, for not a hair on your head will perish. Isn't it amazing that Paul is in one of the worst 
circumstances, worst storms, worst situations that he's ever been in in his entire life. And he has the wherewithal to start speaking life into the people around him, speaking encouragement, speaking vision and hope into the people around him. And and the truth is, you might be surrounded by some negativity in the middle of this storm. And and you might be in a work environment that's hostile. And and maybe God puts you there because he wants you to be the one that has the wherewithal, trusting him to speak some vision and some life into that, um, into that atmosphere, for sure. That actually reminds me, um, as believers, we are not supposed to resemble the people, the world, or yeah. the environment that we're in. And we see this with Paul right here. He does not resemble the environment that he's in. In fact, he has great vision. He's been spending time with God, and we see that as a demonstration for us. I mean, Jesus says to us, you are salt and light. Mm-hmm. Well, what is salt and what is light, if not completely opposite from the environment that it's in? It doesn't resemble the environment. In fact, it goes and affects change in the environment. So that's, that, that's something that Paul does. He has vision for the people. He's able to encourage. Yeah. And be somebody that they can look to. So he, he becomes that light uh, in a dark situation. Yeah. And we see then, if we jump down a couple of verses, that the ship then uh, runs aground and begins to break apart. And it says here in verse 42, So the soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners and to make sure that they didn't swim ashore and escape. So things are getting worse and worse and worse and worse. He's already a prisoner. He's been beaten. He's, he's chained. He's on a ship. Now the ship is sinking. It like, and now they want to just kill him and not even give him a chance to get off the boat. But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul. Wow. The commanding officer wanted to spare Paul. Well, God's grace is so good that he can even use your enemies to bless you. Do you understand that? Amen. I love that. Yeah, the, that's good. The, the people where you thought you've been in captivity, where you thought you've been in a place where these are the people that are trying to hurt me, the decisions mm-hmm. they're making, are, they're out to get, God can use them to bless you. Man. So he didn't let them carry out the plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. The others held on to planks and debris from the broken ship. I do believe that that is the first reference to surfing in the Bible, right there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I had to throw in a dad joke. I'm sorry. Dad joke? <laughs> a dad or bad? I don't oh. know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so everyone escaped safely to shore. So everyone escaped safely to shore. If you missed what took place here, Paul is in a situation where he has had one thing piling up after another. Yeah. And it, First, he's, he's persecuted. Then he's beaten. He's, uh, uh, he's imprisoned. He's chained to guards. He's stuck in the bottom of a ship with uh, 276 other smelly men for a long period of time. Like, this, this would be no vacation. This is no good. They, they, all of these things happen, yet he decides all along the way, wait, God didn't say I wasn't going to go through difficult things. What yeah. God said is I'll be with you through them. So he starts to seek God. He starts to call out on Jesus' name, and God begins to speak to him and help him through this time. And now we recognize that at the end of the story, a whole lot of other people 
who were probably going to drown, who would probably die, did not die because Paul never lost faith. Mm -hmm. He held on to his walk with God, his relationship with God. So God just kept making a way and kept bringing him through it. So I think from this story, what what we want to share with you today is uh, three very simple principles that we can pull from it. What do you do when you feel like life is just piling up on you? When things pile up, what, what do you do? How do you stay strong? So the first thing when you feel overwhelmed, life is piling up, you've got difficulties, troubles, is to see it coming. You know, yeah. what I love about Paul in this story is it feels like he's always a few steps ahead. Now, I wish in life I was that far ahead. I, I'm, I'm really happy when I'm one. But it seems like because Paul had such a great relationship with God that he had these steps ahead. Now, he didn't know exactly what was taking place, but he had the promises and he knew the God that he served. So he could see it coming. Well, what does that look like? Okay, That looks like church, believer, get your eyes up, get your head up. So that Because if we put our head down, we're going to get knocked out. We're going to be walking with our, with our eyes down, we won't be seeing where we're going. So if we get our eyes up, we can see things coming. And it keeps us from freaking out. It's like, yeah. unfortunately, Christians are not always known for their poise under pressure. <laughs> what? Uh, you know, I, I, I hate it that, that we freak out so much sometimes. And I'm not going to point a finger at, at anyone, but I think we all do this. But uh, it, it drives me nuts how whenever there's a problem, uh, the like maybe a flood somewhere in the south, you know, the news stations will go out and they'll find that one guy that's like, he's out there going, God's flooding the earth. It's the end of the world. He's coming back. This is God's judgment. And you're like, bad representation. It's like, dude, hold on. You built your house 15 feet from the river. Like you should have <laughs> seen this coming. God's not flooding the earth again. That was just a bad decision because you didn't see it coming that every year the water rises and every year the water falls it's like we could see it coming and we should be able to see it coming because like like we shouldn't always be the ones freaking out it it should be different for us yeah steady and poised because we know who who we serve yeah and you know you had mentioned earlier in john 16 um jesus says that in this world you'll have trouble but he will be with us. Oh, take, take heart, I have overcome the world. Mm-hmm. So because of that, because we know that if we have our eyes up and we see that bad things are going to happen, what, what if the worst of the worst happens, we are the group of people, we're the type of people that the best of the best comes out of us. Oh, that'd be great. So the worst of the worst is happening, but the best of the best is coming out of us. We saw something coming. We don't know what was coming, but because our eyes are up and we know because we have our mind and our heart fixed on who God is, we're not shocked that we're going to be going through something. Because, again, we didn't see quarantine. I, I don't think I've ever in my mind could have fathomed a global shutdown. But I want to be the type of person that when the worst of the worst is happening, that God can use as the light, as the salt to say, okay, People around me are going to have encouragement and hope because in that difficult time, the best of the best comes out of me. Well, how do you do that, though? I mean, how do you get to a point where you're, you're not freaking out? Okay, so when you're not freaking out, I mean, let's be honest, we all, we, we've had freakouts in difficult times. We can talk about that. But we spend time with God. I know it sounds so simple, but the, the truth is we have to put God first in yeah. our lives. 
Now, we do that with worship, prayer, and Bible study, three of the main spiritual disciplines. We talk about coffee with God around here a lot, which is, it alludes to and, and insinuates, okay, you're going to spend your morning quiet time with God. I'm going to take a little bit of a diversion because I'm not that great that early in the morning. So my, I'm best well, in the afternoon. Side note, um, it was the middle of the night when God sent a message to, to Paul. This is so true. He does speak in the night seasons. Yeah. But I'm best in the afternoons or the evenings. So my quiet time, my devotional time with God is actually spent in the afternoons or evenings because I can have focused devotional time with God. Now... The people that I see who handle crisis the best are the ones who have put God first in their lives prior to the crisis. They're the ones who have the steady foundation when the floodwaters come, and it's because they have the promises of God from Scripture and from the Holy Spirit hidden in their hearts, and he is able to draw it out of them. The promises, I will be with you, I will not leave you. But that doesn't mean, don't hear Don't spend time with God now. Put him first in everything that you're doing. So we have to spend time with God. We see that with Paul. The reason that he had fresh word from God in the night on a ship that's about to go down is because he had consistency with God in his life. So we see that God sent word to him. God said, don't be afraid, Paul. For you will surely stand trial before Caesar. Now, I want to pause here for a second. Why was that good news? Take heart. Don't be afraid. Take be heart. Be happy. You get to go to court. You get to go to court. <laughs> Woo! Up top. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's All like, right. The ship's going to go down, but take, you're going to go to jail. There's still future here. There's still, there's still, <laughs> this is true. There's, there's like this one little segment of the life that's not the whole story. That's, it's just a chapter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it continues. What's more? God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. This is that point that I was talking about. I want to be the type of person, I want our church to be the type of people that are so rooted and grounded in God that, take heart, God in his goodness will grant safety to everyone sailing with you. So whatever you've got going on in your life... Could you imagine what if we are the type of people that God rescues the people around you because he is so firm of a foundation in your life? So Paul was not freaking out because he knew God had a plan. He knew that there was a future and a hope and a promise on the other side. He knew that God was in control. So what if we are the type of people who spend time with God so that when struggles come, because we know they will, that we already have a word from heaven, and we're also set up for God to speak. We recognize his voice clearly, not in the noise of the world, but we go, okay, I know that that was God speaking on a cruise ship that's going down. Not a cruise ship, a bad ship, going (laughs) down. So we're not going to freak out because we know that God is in control. We know that God is with us. Yeah, so the first thing Paul did is he saw it coming, and then the second thing is, is he saw it through. And you've got to see it through. And this is why. You have to see it through because you have no idea what God is going to do. Yeah. What am I saying? I, I'm telling you, don't quit. Yeah. 
don't quit. And you might be in a season where you think, man, there is, this is too much pressure. This one more straw on the camel's back. One more straw. And now it's another thing. And now they change this on the news. And now they're saying this. And now school's doing this. And now my work's doing this. And, and, and you can be at a point where it's like, ah. And, and I wonder what if Paul would have quit as, let, let me just be as honest, honest as admittedly, uh, as easily as I might have quit, yeah. or as you might have, because it's easy to read a story like this and be at the end of the story yeah, and know how it ends. Like, oh yeah, I, I'd, I'd have totally been fine. I'd have made it a bit. Uh, may, I don't know, like because and this is where I pray for faith and I pray for strength and help for me yeah. and for and for our church is is that like sometimes we find ourselves when things are piling up. What he had every opportunity to quit. Like, he, he could have just thrown in the towel when he was first being persecuted and just being like, ah, it's not worth the persecution, I give up. He could have thrown in the towel when, he, when he, he was in prison. He could have thrown in the towel and changed. He could have thrown in the towel when they were, like, making decisions where everyone was going to just be cast overboard and it was going to be the end of it. He could, he could have just thrown in the towel, I quit, whatever. But, yeah. but he, decided, he decided, I'm going to see it through. What if he would have quit all, all along the way he had opportunities? For Fellowship Church, many of you, you know the history here, and I, it makes me wonder, uh, what if the leaders of our church would have quit in the beginning and all the opportunities that they've had? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what if um, when our church was so small, there was just a couple of people meeting together on 17th and Elm, what, what if uh, my father and my mother, what if the leadership of our church would have just been like, I, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe we got it wrong, maybe we missed it, they could have thrown it in the towel there. What if when we, things started growing and, and people started coming to the church and then people started getting in trouble because uh, the parking lot wasn't big enough so they're parking in front of other people's houses and their cars are getting towed, so they stopped coming to church because they couldn't afford to keep paying for the parking tickets and their cars getting out of towed. Uh, like, yeah, but it could have been, uh, this just isn't working, it's right. not working out, they could have quit then. Uh, what if in the middle of the night when my father received the phone call from the fire department that an arson had lit the building on fire and, and our church was burning it, it could have been easy mm-hmm. to say man maybe this just wasn't meant to be maybe maybe it's not worth it maybe it's not going through all this what what if what if they would have quit then what if when they uh, we finally got raised enough funds in order to be able to buy a property they bought a, a field on 24 road and i70 and said all right we're going to build we're going to have room where we can minister to people and then they uh, they stood in front of the city council the city planners and said we're going to build a church here and the city planners looked them right in the eyes and said you will never build a church on the corner of 24 road and i70 it's kind of interesting where I'm sitting right now, right? What if they would have listened to that? What if they would have quit? What if they would have said, well, I guess you you must be right. Maybe maybe uh, we should just sell this property, and why don't you just put us believers wherever you want us to be? No, no, thank God that they didn't quit. Thank God that they saw through. Thank God that so many lives have been changed here. Thank God that my life has been changed here. Thank God that they never quit, and thank God uh, for for every person person on the ship, right? Not a hair was touched on their heads for every person, those 276 men. Why did they survive? Why did they make it? Because Paul never quit. God had a plan for Paul to get him mm. moving forward to, to stand trial before Caesar. And since he quit, so many other people were spared because of it. So number one, you've got to see it coming. Number two, you've got to see it through. And then number three, Number three, before I go into that, I want to say this. We can't have quit in us. 
we have to be the type of people who have no quit. So we see it through. It means don't quit. No quit. You've got to be the type of person yeah. who sit right there and go, I receive that. I'm the type of person. Yeah, resilience. I'm tenacious. I'm audacious. I'm the type of person who says, I'm not going to quit. That's the see it through. Yeah. Then we shake it off. Now, I know I did not just quote Taylor Swift. I am quoting from Scripture, and I'm going to get to it. I think T. Swift may have gotten that from Paul. So, moving on to the Scripture. I wouldn't quote us on that, though. No, I don't know that for sure. Sorry, Taylor Swift. Chapter 28. Once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on a fire, on the fire, a poisonous snake, pay attention, a poisonous snake, not some garter snake or, or some benign snake. This was a poisonous, dangerous snake, driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. Let's take a quick little side journey. Let's pause for just a second. Be careful not to judge somebody in the middle of their journey, in the middle of their story. There's a chapter in the middle of the story that God's writing. You have no idea what they've been through. You have no idea what they're going through. You do not know what the end of their story is. And more importantly, you don't know what God's will and plan is in them and through them. So don't judge somebody's story in the middle of it. Because God is always at work and he can cause all things to work to the the good of those who are called according to his purpose. Not that everything is good, but that he will cause things to work for our good. So... We're talking about shaking it off. We find in verse 5, But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. I find it interesting that the snake was driven out by the heat, bit Paul, and then Paul shook that snake off back into the fire. So the heat drove it out. Paul shook it off, let it burn up, and he was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But... When they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. <laughs> what is wrong? Are with you these kidding people? me? Like, come, like this is a soap opera. <laughs> a soap opera. <laughs> it kind of is. It's like I'm for you. I'm against you. I'm for you. I'm against yeah. you. I'm you're a murderer. You. you should be judged and die. And all of a sudden, you didn't die. So now you're. You must be a god. Okay. What's wrong with these people? I, I know. <laughs> so imagine you're Paul. You're you're on the worst cruise ship ever. You you you've crashed. You've made it through imprisonment, persecution, mm-hmm. being chained. You, you you've thought you were going to drown. You thought you were going to die. You finally make it to the shore. And it, I could just imagine for Paul that he probably had this moment where he's like, "I finally made it. Thank you, God." And he just gets to sit back, take a deep breath, and is like, yeah. "I can finally breathe easy now. I find I'm okay." And then you know what? I want to go ahead and help the people around me. So I'm going <laughs> to gather some sticks to for the fire here because. Thank God we made it through this, and he reaches down, and bam! He gets hit on the hand uh, with a snake. He's I feel be, like life does that to us. Yeah. Like, at some point, you go, are, are you kidding me, God? Yeah. 
Seriously? I mean, okay, as a church people, we're not supposed to talk like that. Everything has its purpose, right? But no, I think every one of us has experienced that. We're going, yeah. are you kidding me? Let's be honest. After all of this, now I get bit by a snake. Now, and, and I think this would be a point where most of us freak out. Where he, he, he's just like, okay, I, I know where God uh. told me I'm going. I know where I, I'm, not, I'm not happy about the fact that I just got bit by a snake, but I'm going to shake it off. But I think this is the point where a lot of us freak out. And, and to be honest, there, there have been so many times I've gotten to the point where things are piling up on me, and I finally think I'm going to take a deep breath, and then something like that happens. And during this quarantine, um, I'm not going to get into this too much because every one of us have our, our own story. And, uh, and yeah. I'm sure so many of you feel like we're going to try the one-up story, which is, that's not what we're doing. We're glorifying no. God in this. Um, but I, I, there was some difficulty that we've gone through as a family in the last month. And there was the difficulty of, first off, um, I'm not a good principal. Uh, I'm not a good <laughs> I'm a terrible teacher. teacher. We're like, like we're homeschooling our parents. We're, we're trying to uh, 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 homeschooling our parents. <laughs> Listen up, mom. Um, <laughs> homeschooling our kids. Trying, trying that all these new normal things, the dealing with, with, with all the stuff with the quarantine and, and all this and learning. How, how do you run a church when we can't meet together and trying yeah. to figure this out and the stresses that come with that and, and, and then while this is all taking place then, I don't know if many of you know, but uh, in an accident, Amelie broke her ankle. So during the, um, uh, the, the COVID scare, and we're not supposed to even be going near the hospital, here we are in the emergency room with surgery and... And that's taking place, and, and, and it's like we, we feel stuck, we feel trapped. And that happened and it's like, right at the beginning of, of it, the stay-at-home Right, order. so like we were like literally staying at home. So now <laughs> I feel, I, I'm feeling like I'm a principal, I'm a teacher, I'm a nurse. I'm trying to uh, make decisions that are going to be good for our church. I'm trying to like uh, do all these things, and I'm like, this is a lot. And if you were to look at any one of the little situations, it's just a little straw. Yeah. But I'm like, this is this is starting to feel like a lot, and and then and then something happened where it felt like a snake bite. Where um, through a series of events, we found out that our youngest daughter Kayla needed emergency surgery, and when that happened, I I had my freak out. I, I lost my mind me there too. for a minute, and I felt like I got bit by a snake. And I'm going, Are you kidding me, God? Yeah. Like, seriously, right now, like, with everything that's on me, it's like, I thought we were coming through this. I was seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Things are healing up. Praise God, we're going to be able to send our kids back to school someday. Like, <laughs> like, uh, like things are good. I could finally take a deep breath and now wait. I, I, we're, we're in the, the hospital again, and my daughter's undergoing surgery. And it's like, I, in the moment, I, I was freaking out. Yeah. And see, when Paul was bit by the snake, he didn't realize it, but when he was bit by a snake, it was a miracle. And this is the interesting thing about miracles, is miracles don't feel like miracles no. until later. Because when he got bit by the snake, he was able then, later we see that the Bible says that, that people looked at him and saw him differently and started going, wait a minute, I want to know what's different about you. I want to know about your God. I want, I, I, now they're coming to him and wanting to know about Jesus. And, and the Bible says people start getting healed. So all that he went through was a buildup, a setup for a miracle. And though it was painful and though it was scary, it, it, it was a beautiful miracle in Scripture. And I'll tell you, when it came to me and, and what was going on with our daughter, as I was looking at all this, 
us going, this is terrible, it's a snake bite, and we finally slowed down enough to be able to see in hindsight, wait a minute, this was all not a snake bite, but this was God reaching down and giving us a miracle. It saved her life. And yeah, save, saving her life, giving, giving her the help that she needed that, that Let's be honest about it. The circumstances that were taking place because of the quarantine slowed us down yeah. enough in order to where we were able to be able to see the symptoms we needed to see in order for her to be able to get the help that she got. So maybe this. Maybe you've been going through some things that you're going, it's just another straw on the camel's back. I can't take this type of weight. I can't take being locked up in my house. I can't take this isolation. Yeah. I can't take all this pain. And, and, and with all that, maybe it's a setup because God is doing something for you and he is going to change you in such a way where when you get to the end of this, you're going, thank God that you brought me through this. But man, miracles don't feel like miracles when you're going through them. It's only in hindsight. It's interesting that you say that because it just made me think about how diamonds are formed. Diamonds are formed under pressure. They're heat, heat forged, time forged, and pressure forged. So how many of us are being crafted into something that is priceless because of the pressure, the pile, the weight of what's going on yeah. around us? So whoever that's for, receive that because I'll tell you what, I feel like that. I feel like maybe God's doing something priceless in our lives. Yeah because of the pressure that we're under. And as a church, we are supposed to be priceless, set apart, something very different. And, you know, it's interesting. I feel like we've talked so much about vision and being those types of people who, who are able to have our eyes up because we're, we see things coming. We see it through. We're, we have no quit in us. And then we shake it off. We're the type of people who can, maybe we have a minor freak out, like, are you kidding me? But we shake it off. And we get through and we see the miracle on the other side. Yeah. So 2020, I feel like as it was starting, so many people, they're, they're, they're saying their New Year's resolution was 2020. I'm going to have 2020 vision. 2020 vision, clear vision. Yeah, clear vision. I'm going to see. And the perception was they were going to have all this foresight, this, yeah. this looking forward vision for, for the year of 2020. But honestly, I don't think I know anybody who feels like that right now. I think we're all going, I feel like the, a blindfold was put on and I'm walking around with a bunch of blind people. And you know what they always say? Hindsight is always 2020. Yep. So if we embrace the fact that if hindsight is 2020, we look at the story of Paul and we learn from that. But what if we take the opportunity to look back already in 2020 and say, okay, God, what have you been doing? What miracle? Didn't feel like a miracle when it was taking place. What miracle did you do in my life, through my life, in the people around me? And maybe how many people did God rescue because we stood firm in our faith? Because we stood firm on who God is and who he says that we are. Yeah. So, 2020. Hindsight is 2020. I think, I think there's something to be learned there. Instead of wanting to just see what is in the future. You know what we do by faith? We walk by faith, not by sight. But we can look back in hindsight and get, get 2020 vision. So, as we close, I want to share one of my favorite prayers out of Scripture, and I want to pray it over you as a church. So if you'd go ahead and bow right where you're at, 
bow your heads, close your eyes, and just in your heart, get into a position, a posture of just receiving. And I want to pray this scripture over you. So, church family, I ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way that you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. I also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. That's found in Colossians 1, 9 through 11, but let me finish with prayer. God, I pray that you would be glorified in our lives, that this piling up, the pressure, the weight, the difficulty, the trouble, the trials, is an opportunity for us to be fully 100% dependent upon you. And I pray, God, we would lay aside any of the crutches that we have picked up to distract ourselves, to anesthetize ourselves during this time. And instead, you would refine in us. God, it's like we've been through the fire. You've pulled out the dross. And I pray that we would come out shining, pure silver or gold. God, we love you. As a church family, we come together We may not be physically together, but we are together. We are not alone. We glorify your name, Jesus, and it's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you, church. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you've not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. You can repeat after me, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, We would love to hear from you. You can contact us here at the church at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this is your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.